Hi, missionaries, and welcome to Mission Moments, where we take a moment to prepare for our mission. The Mission Moments podcast is sponsored by Mission Youth, a community of missionary disciples who come together to equip ourselves to go out and spread Christ's love in the world as apostles of the new evangelization. Every Catholic is called to be a missionary. We're here to help everyday Catholics like yourself learn to be one. We're going to be sharing missionary experiences, testimonies, forum skills, give tips, and best practices for your mission. This is season two of our podcast, and this is going to be our third episode where we are diving into the different types of mission experiences offered by Mission Youth. This is Kathleen Allman, and I am here together with Tom and Abby, who were able to go on our first mission to Africa this past Holy Week. Well, I am so excited about this third episode that we have, because today we are going to have a conversation with two incredibly brave international missionaries. Mission Youth, as you know, one of our characteristic missionary experiences that we offer is international missions. And our goal with every international mission is to offer an opportunity for these missionaries to become witnesses of hope. Because our patron and our inspiration, St. Pope John Paul II, he was really an ambassador and witness of hope when he traveled around the world as Holy Father, bringing the message of the gospel and the mess- and the love of God to so many countries, despite their political or social or economic situation. And so obviously our missionaries and mission youth are not popes, or in sometimes many times are not even priests, but we still have that same inspiration to want to be witnesses of hope in a culture that may not be our own and in a language that we may not speak, but knowing that a shared faith and the universal gospel message is what we bring to that country and culture. And so when COVID hit and things shut down, we had to be very creative in what we were able to reopen in terms of international mission sites. And so looking around to places that were politically stable and socially safe and also had a low risk for COVID, that is how Ivory Coast Africa ended up on our international mission sites map. And so just this past Holy Week, we had two very brave American missionaries step out and go on the very first mission to Ivory Coast Africa. And so I'm very happy to introduce Abby and Tom, who are here with us today to share with us their experience of that first international mission to Africa. So welcome, Abby and Tom. How are you? Thank you. Doing good. I don't know if we're very brave, but we will take the compliment. (laughs) So Abby and Tom, can you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves? I can go first. Um, My name is Abby. I am 23 and I'm a recent college grad. Uh, I'm living in Lincoln, Nebraska and kind of just on the job search right now. But um... And Tom, what can can you tell us about yourself? Okay. And so I am uh, Tom Dowd and I am 60 three years old, retired from John Deere, uh, living in Des Moines, Iowa, and I am Abby's father. Um, and I, um, I actually, Abby was really wanting to do a mission trip and we'd been looking for a mission trip to do. And it, it, she's in this job search, but it's also a time when she had a little bit of time where she could actually take a, a couple weeks or a month to even try to do a mission trip. So it was just the, the timing worked out well 
And the problem with it was she couldn't find anybody else that would go with her because they're all either in school or got jobs and just couldn't take time off. So um, being retired, I was able to uh, jump in and go with Abby on this mission trip. So that, that's kind of how I got there and um, very happy I did. Abby, why did you want to go on an international mission? I think I just wanted to experience and really bear witness to another culture and hope that it would strengthen my own faith, um, but also just feel connected with people from across the globe. I think too, just having my older sister and watching her get to be a part of that and experience something so beautiful and just have her light up when she talked about it. I was like, I want that. How do I get that? And so I did a lot of research and she had done mission youth in the past. And so, um, excuse me, um, that was definitely something when I was looking for mission trips, I saw this one to Africa and I was like, you know what, this seems out there. This seems different. I want to do this. And then my dad, you know, he just hopped on board. So, <laughs> so when you imagined going on an international mission to Africa, what did you imagine in your minds before you went? Really thinking about this one. <laughs> I feel like I definitely thought it would be a lot more, trying to think of the right word. Uh, I just thought it was going to be like really hot. And like people were going to be very standoffish to us just because they're not used to us or even having missionaries over there. And honestly, that was just not the experience mm -hmm. at all. But I definitely thought it was going to be a lot of um, just taking it slow to really get to um, kind of slowly work ourselves into the lives. But we were just welcomed in with opening arms. And that was definitely something I was not expecting at all. Mm -hmm. Tom, what did you imagine to go to Africa? Yeah, I, I guess I thought that we were going to be going to a very remote area of the world and um, it wasn't going to be very safe, um, both, you know, health wise and just, you know, whether or not people would be um, a, accepting of us or any of that. Um, and it was a big surprise. I felt very safe in the um, whole trip. And we, we went to the big city of Abidjan, but we also went out to the remote rural villages. And it in both places, it was very safe and the people were very welcoming. And we saw all aspects of both places. I mean, we went to the markets and, and just interacted in the markets and we were out in the village in the country and we were walking through the the, for, the I don't I don't you call them forests but they were you know through the, the jungle areas out in the villages and um, everywhere we went it was just very safe and the people were very excited to meet us and learn about us and know us and welcome us and happy that we were there mm -hmm. and that was a big surprise to me was how safe and secure I felt. That is so beautiful to hear. So for those that have not been to Africa, which I think is a lot of the people listening to this podcast, 
when you woke up on your first morning there in Africa, in Abidjan, what were some of the sights and smells and sounds that you noticed when you were there? Sunshine, for sure. The sun shines in bright, especially coming from coming off of winter. We actually left the Chicago airport when snow was going down. So it was weird to just wake up on the first day and see sunshine and palm trees. And honestly, just the liveliness of Africa itself. I, um, what, what would you add, dad? I don't, I'd say the, the, the first thing I recognized the first morning I woke up was the, we were staying with a Ragnum Christie family and when you walk out of your room, it's like there's coffee and croissants and people so like croissants, which yeah. was great. <laughs> um, and, and there's other foods that you probably won't recognize or uh, be a little different. But I mean, coffee and croissants and the people just wanted to talk and learn more about you and make you feel welcome. It was um, the warm, welcoming feeling that morning when you walk out to breakfast is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's you're not, you're in somebody's home. So you're sitting at the, the dinner table, the breakfast table with the family and they're all so kind and, and gracious. Mm -hmm. It's true because since Ivory Coast was colonized by the French, there's definitely some French influence and traditions like having croissants and French bread for breakfast, which is very, very cool, right? So you were able to stay with a family and get to know their family and home life and you were also able to have mass at one of their local parishes, right? What was that like? It was for sure a different experience than mass in America. Just from the music and the dancing, we were actually blessed to be there for Palm Sunday. And even the way that they decorate their church, I mean, they've got a lot of palms there. So um, it was what was I what I thought was very beautiful is the songs that the choir usually sings are very simple so that everyone can sing along. You don't need music books. So even being a different language and a different culture, I was still able to participate in that part of the mass and rejoice, which I thought was something very special to be a part of with people who I've never met before and a culture that I'm just learning. And even... I think being able to celebrate mass over there it just really was telling that we are a universal church because we don't speak the language, but we were very easily able to follow along with what was happening. Maybe we didn't always know exactly what was being said, but we still knew the Eucharist and the steps of the mass, which helped us follow along. Mm -hmm. What else did you notice about the church, Tom? So um, the, the church was um, very much, it was John Paul II, um, one of his first churches that was named after him. And there's John Paul statues and uh, just lots of John Paul uh, memorial memorabilia <laughs> around the church. Anyway, it was a gorgeous church. And what's amazing about it is it's, it's a, there's a ceiling over the church but there's no walls. It's an outdoor church and it holds 2000 people 
<clears throat> in this outdoor church. And the first night we went was, uh, it was Saturday night mass for Palm Sunday. And there was 2000 people there in the church. It was full. And people pick palm leaves as they're walking to church, right? Palm trees are everywhere. So they're, everybody has palms everywhere. And they're not just little palms. They're very big palms. So everybody's raising their palms. And it's a very joyous, exciting mass. Um, and I, I speak no French, but I had no problem understanding what was going on and all the actions. They're very emotional with their hands and actions during mass. Um, you know what's going on. And the priest in his homily, you may not know what he's saying, but you know whether or not he's chewing them out or firing them up. Um, it's, it was very, very good. Um, and it, it, the next morning we went back again for Palm Sunday mass mm -hmm. and, and there was a mass at like nine in the morning, but we went at 11. Well, there were 2000 people came out of the nine o'clock mass and 2000 more people went into the same outdoor church for the 11 o'clock mass. So it was just amazing. That was, you know, 6,000 people that we saw go to Palm Sunday mass in just that weekend. And it is a big, big community that um, you're celebrating there. Mm. So that is a beautiful description of just the community of faith that you found there in Ivory Coast and that they were able to welcome you. And then I know that most of Holy Week you actually spent in a real African village, right? Which is called Odwen. So what was it like to leave the Abidjan, the capital and travel out to this African village? It was for sure different and honestly was just amazing to see those two sides of Africa because they are very different, but you know, there are a lot of similar similarities too. I would say in the village, um, the people are still so welcoming. And what was really different is the kids. There are just children everywhere running and playing and they just love to play with you. Uh, so that was something for sure that I felt like was just an awesome experience to be able to play with those kids and just laugh with them, even though you were unable to communicate with them at all. They just wanted to play. And so that was something really amazing. And then definitely in the village, just being able to see the culture and how they live so differently, even from the city life the way that their houses are structured, um, kind of what their day-to-day -day life looks like. It's just so simple compared to, um, you know, where we live in America. It's just all, you're always busy. It's, oh, I got to be here. I got to do that. In the African village, it was, we make, you know, we make atike is kind of what they mostly produce and that's just their livelihood and they all the village all works together to produce that and they make sure they have food on their table but they're just full of love and they're not concerned with a lot of the issues that I feel like I find myself being always stressed out about here in America they're just so happy and their life is so simple and it really made me have to take a step back and think uh so yeah, it was just a great experience to be able to bear witness to that and kind of help them produce ATK, kind of see part of the process. So yeah, ATK is kind of like 
I would describe it as African rice. Uh, you eat it alongside fish, chicken, uh, usually your main course. And we were kind of able to see how they make it and everything. Cause that village that we visited produces ATK. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Tom, what was it like for you to go out of the city and be in a very, very simple African village? Yep. Um, it was, uh, it was the thing I, I noticed is, so we were in the city at this family and we were eating their food, you know, fish and chicken. And um, our guide, Brees, who you'll all get to meet if you go, um, as we were driving to the village, he says, now you're going to get to experience real African food. And um, so, and you know what, it was just unbelievable some of the different dishes that they would bring out. Um, and this atike, you know, you not only get to see them make it, but then you eat it right from the field. But, um, you know, and it was still a lot of fish and, and that sort of food, but um, they brought out some, oh, crabs and, um, you know, different things that I guess I hadn't seen before. Um, but you were always, you always had food and it was food that was edible. Like if you could just live on fish, you know, there was always going to be fish available. Um, mm-hmm. But it was amazing. Some of the different dishes that we got to experience and eating was an event in the trip, like in, in both in the city and the village. When it was time to eat, it was a, it, you know, everybody sat down together and you would eat. And it was like a time when you would be interacting with the adults. Um, the other thing that was very nice about the village, though, is that some of the older people would not be able to leave their homes. And we were able to walk through the village and we would visit these shut-ins and you would go into their homes and you would pray with these shut-ins and pray over them and and they just appreciated you coming to be with them and pray with them. And they loved to meet us. And they were just, it was so nice because you not only got to pray with these people, but you got to see their homes and experience their lives and um, see a wide variety of different people as you did that. Because you, you mm-hmm. definitely walked through the entire village to all these shut-ins to mm-hmm. pray with them. I love how you brought up the point of the fish, Tom, because... The village that we've adopted, as you well know, like is right in between the harbor and the Atlantic Ocean. So you're surrounded by water and like there's sand everywhere. And it's so, so, so beautiful. And I really love as well the point that you brought up of how important community is there in Africa and the opportunity that you had to kind of experience that community and become part of it and even visit them house by house. Right. Were you able to visit every home in the village, you think? I we think you went to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll let Abby go first. Well, I, I don't know if we went to every single one, but we definitely walked around the whole village and got to know a lot of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we would um, we would visit, the, the village had both Catholics and Protestants, but Muslims. So we were definitely interacting with the Catholic community of the village. So you would walk by homes and not go into certain homes, but that most likely was a Muslim or a Protestant. Most of the Catholics, I feel we probably met or you know got to visit their home. And I, most is hard to say, but we got to see a lot of them, but every home we went to was a Catholic home. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, 
and it was very welcoming and loved to pray with you, you know, and it's hard to, when you don't speak the language, it was hard to have a long conversation with them. Now, if you speak French, you would be more that they would be more than happy to talk more than that. But if nothing else, if you don't speak their language, they love to just pray with you and everybody understood when you were praying. Mm -hmm. um, it was very, very nice. Yep. And you mentioned that there's children Lots and lots of children. So what was your interaction there with the, the African children? Well, usually, uh, probably my, one of my favorite experiences, at least, was we would take the boat at roughly around 930 every morning from the harbor to the village. And like clockwork, there would just be a huge group of children waiting by the dock to come welcome us. And you could hear them chanting your name. And right when you'd come off the boat, they just run up and hug you. And then the elders of the village would be like, yell something at them and they'd immediately run away. But they were just waiting for you and then just welcomed you in with loving arms and just basically tackled you with a hug. And it just started your day off so beautifully. And I looked forward to that every single day. And they were just looking forward to you. I was like, I hope they know I'm not coming back. Like, I don't want them just sitting waiting by the dock the next day on our last day. Um, so definitely just the fact that the children just wanted to play with you and be with you. And there was no, you know, the communication was mostly body language, but they still, I still feel like I understood them and, um, you know, they still love to play all the games that I love to play rock, paper, scissors, thumb wars, um, anything like that. And just the joy in being able to have some of those connections with them. I feel like there'd just be some too, that you just would always be waiting for you. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so, and I, I know the, like the, the second day, like the first day we got there, we kind of didn't do a lot with the children, but the second day, you know, we kind of met some of them, but the second day when we showed up, the kids were there and ready. And we counted, there was like 90 to a hundred children at the parish center there waiting for us to um, play games and do things with them. I mean, they were excited for us and it was a lot of children 90, and different from one year old all the way up to 17, 18 year old children. So wide variety, all and you know, different games. I know some of the older boys, I would sit down and arm wrestle the older boys. So they love to show how strong they were and you know if they could beat me and they could beat me with the right hand and then I'd want to do the left hand and they couldn't beat me with the left hand and so forth. Um, so it was just lots of little games like that, that you needed to try to interact with all different age groups. So it was a lot of fun and they were all excited to participate. We were also able to bear witness to the culture too, a little bit by having them play some of their own games too, which was very cool to witness. That's awesome. And I think the two of you had this special privilege of being able to be with the village during Holy Week, right? Because the liturgies of that week are so unique and so special. So can you tell us a little bit of, of what it was like to celebrate Holy Week in an African village? So uh, we kind of talked about this earlier too, but we went into a lot of the homes and prayed with a mm -hmm. lot of 
the families and you know we got to know the kids throughout the week by playing football soccer with them and different things like that so then being able to celebrate the holy week you felt like you had a pretty good connection and you knew a lot of these people Mm -hmm. uh so then when it kind of came to holy week and celebrating the mass it was just so real i felt like good friday we walked around the village um and the village is pretty big but you know you would we walked from, we walked the stations of the cross in the sand, in these small streets, and it just felt so real and raw to me. And Good Friday was so somber. The people in the villages weren't working, but they were doing nothing. You know, they weren't eating. It was, it was just all about how he died for our sins. And you could hear a pen drop in the church and taking that and then comparing it to the Easter vigil vigil on Saturday night, which was just an experience. The, the mass was I three to four hours. It, you know, it started at nine and it just, it could have gone all night because the people were just so excited and having it be those two differences. It didn't even, you wouldn't even notice mass was long because it was just, so joyous and I would the priest would just stop halfway through the mass and just start dancing and then everyone would be out of the aisles start dancing and you didn't even even if you didn't know how to dance it was just kind of like rejoicing in the Lord and I said this earlier too but the music is very easy to follow follow along to so you're just kind of able to I had the song stuck in my head for probably like still, and we've been, it's been a month now, but, um, so I think seeing not only the joy, but also, um, on good Friday, the sorrow and the sadness in the people, how they really live that out in their daily life reminded me of the passion. And it really takes away from everything that you're worrying about and be like, this is what, this is the heart of our faith. This is what you know, we need to focus on. And so I think it was just very telling and real to be able to celebrate over there and extremely different. I miss African mass so much, just the drums to the dancing to the people. I really do miss it. Um, but yeah, it is, it is the same because we are a universal church, but there are just so many things that are so different that are just beautiful to be able to experience. Mm-hmm. Tom, what was it like for you to celebrate Holy Week? So Thursday night mass was very special and Abby was one of the people they selected to wash her feet. So we started the, the whole experience off with Abby getting her feet washed and she'll tell you it's very hot over there. So all of a sudden she dips her feet in this cool water and she said it felt like heaven. So yeah, um, I, I wanted, I did that and I was like, man, I could just jump in a pool right now. And then later that night we had a bad storm. It wasn't too crazy, but it was just downpouring. And I was like, I feel like I might've done this because when I stuck my feet in the bowl of water, I wished for more water. <laughs> so, and, um, we did, you know, Abby mentioned that we would go over to the village every day morning at nine 30, but on Holy Thursday night, we, you know, mass was like nine o'clock at night. It wouldn't get over till 10. And 
and then we would eat after mass. So basically we spent the night in the village after Holy Thursday mass. And then we spent all day Friday doing the um, um, stations of the cross. And then we spent all day Saturday up and did in Saturday night, uh, Easter vigil and Easter Sunday. So we spent, uh, you know, we spent Saturday night mass there too. So we would, we spent two nights in the village actually spending the night and it was um, just added to the whole experience and it, you would see the change. You would go from the Holy Thursday mass to um, into Friday where they were all in their penance and, and um, fasting. It was amazing. And then, um, you know, the, all of a sudden Saturday night, the celebration was unbelievable. Um, how excited and happy and joyful they were with the celebration. Mm. It was a, a very neat experience. And I think it's only an experience you can probably get during Holy Week. I don't know if they would do that kind of celebration all year long, but it was definitely a Holy Week experience. Oh, that is so, so beautiful. So I have a question for both of you. What do you feel that you were able to bring to Africa? And what is something from Africa that you have brought home? Oh, dad, do you want to go first? <laughs> um, what I feel that I brought to Africa is I showed the people in not only in the village, but in the, the big city that we are a universal church, that we have this white person from across the world, but he believes in the same Jesus Christ that all of you are believing in. Um, he knows the same prayers. He understands the same celebration of the mass that you're partaking in. Um, we do many things the same. And although we talked about the differences of the dancing and the, the arms are waving and the, the, maybe the different singing, um, everybody participating in the singing more so, the overall mass itself and the prayers that are being said, all of that is the same. And I think what they saw is that these people are the same as us when it comes to Jesus. We are one universal church in the world. Mm. And what did you bring home from Africa, Tom? And I, I brought home an appreciation for the African people, um, just how generous and I, you know, I'm an Irish descent and I used to be you would go to Ireland and you know people would ask you what is it about Ireland that you liked and it was oh the people the people of Ireland well what is it about Africa that you'll remember you'll remember the people that you met the people of Africa were amazing and it's it's not like you know the church was nice the village was nice but the people are what you'll remember mm. and so that's awesome. what I brought thank and you it's, Tom appreciation for the African people Abby, how about for you? Yeah, I think um, going over there, what I brought to the African people um, was definitely just a curious spirit. I was very open and curious just about their life, you know, how they do things. And I think they are the same way about us, which I didn't realize going into it, but they want to know just all about you. What's your favorite food? What's your, you know, it's just simple things like that. But I definitely having the appreciation and the desire to learn about them just increases the relationship and the bond that you have with the people. And they have that exact same curious spirit to learn about you, even though 
you guys are so different. Um, I even remember anyone, it was crazy because everyone speaks French. And by the end of it, I feel like I actually had a lot of French down. So, um, but, uh, I remember anyone would be like, oh, my son, my son speaks English. And so they'd call them up on the phone and just being able, I think just bringing that curious spirit to Africa and being able then to really get to know the people um, was definitely what I brought over there. And then what Africa, what I'm leaving Africa with is a lot. (laughs) I don't even know. Um, Definitely friendships and connections that I was not expecting to get. Uh, I still feel like I'm WhatsApping people that I met over there, but at the core of it, I think just um, an appreciation for the people, but also the simplicity of life and love. You know, we are on this earth and we just need to make sure that we are living it to the fullest, but at the core, we're just loving each other. Um, loving God and just how simple they live their life and how simple they live their life to love, I think was a testament that I brought back here. And, you know, I remember on the last day we were at a parish party. Um, It was kind of like a a big parish event that they had in the city. And the parish priest um, said to us, he turned around and all the African people were dancing. It was just this huge party. And he was like, this is Africa. This is what I want you to go and tell everyone that Africa is alive. And that is truly what I'm bringing back. I think I had a lot of misconceptions. I didn't even know what to expect, but Africa is just happy and joyous and dancing and they're in a community with each other that I've never experienced before you know and so I think what I'm really bringing back is that Africa is alive so and that the people are just amazing so there's a lot of things I'm bringing back but um kind of yeah (laughs) oh well this has been so incredible to hear your stories and I know that there's so much more that is inside of each and one of your hearts. But for my final question for you, what would you say to any American or Canadian that is thinking about going on a mission to Africa? What would you tell them? Go. (laughs) Uh, It is truly an unforgettable and life-changing experience that I would never have expected. And the only way... I feel like even coming back and telling people about it, when you actually go over there and see the life and experience it, it is just something that will be with your heart forever and just definitely go. And there's nothing I think to be afraid of. I definitely going in, you know, we had safety concerns or, you know, what are we going to be eating? But you know, after being there, none of, none of that, like any fears that you have, just bring them to God because it truly will change your perspective on just how you celebrate the Eucharist and how you perceive different cultures. Awesome. Tom, how about you? What would you say? I would, I very similar to Abby, because I would just say, just do it, you know, just do it. It's, um, you won't regret it there. 
you'll be happy you've done it. And in fact, um, you'll be thinking about going back after you get home. So, um, yep. <laughs> so it's, it's a remarkable, amazing experience. Just do it. Oh, it is so beautiful to hear your experience. And I can only echo your same sentiments just because I think I felt the same way after I was able to visit in Africa. And I think it's a huge gift that in July, this, this coming July, we will also have another group of missionaries that will be able to have this Africa experience. So I'm so, so blessed. I'm so thankful to both of you that you were the very brave uh, ones that opened this mission site. So you can take that as your claim to fame for a long time. <laughs> yes. And I wanted to ask if, to close our podcast, do either of you remember any phrase that you learned in Africa? Oh, I got one. La demand of route. <laughs> and what does that mean? It means I demand the road and you say it when you're leaving. So yeah. um, like when we would leave Papa Osu, we got very close with anyone that we felt like Mama Felicite, um, which I hope future future missions will have the opportunity to meet some of these people. But when you are leaving their home, or we basically did it when we were leaving the country, which mm -hmm. was very sad, you say, la demande en route, which means I demand the road. And then they'll either, they, a lot of times they were joking that they were like, we don't give it to you. So, <laughs> but it's, um, it's what you say when you're leaving. So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Tom. Did you want to add anything else? My, my, I did not speak a lot of French, hardly at all. Abby at least had French in school and stuff. But my phrase I remember is Ak Ash Abraham, which is Archangel Abraham, which was the little boy that would not leave my side everywhere I went. He would hang onto my hand. And if when I was taking my backpack, he carried my backpack. If, if we were going to pray somewhere, he would hold my hand. He would never leave my side. And he's... Ak Ash Abraham. He said Archangel Abraham. So there you go. Well, that is incredible. That is incredible. I really, really hope that all of our listeners also have the courage to go be witnesses of hope in Africa, the way that you two were able to be in Over Holy Week. So thank you very, very much. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you.